Hey there, I'm Kevin Skinner. I'm the student pastor here at First Baptist Watauga. I would invite for you to join our student ministry every Wednesday night in person at 6 p.m. for some games and for our midweek student ministry worship service. Our student ministry has a simple vision. Understanding that Jesus is the difference in our lives, we want to live the difference, share the difference, and make a difference. And I would invite you to join us in that vision. Now stick around, and I hope that you're encouraged by this recent midweek message. All right. So we're starting this series titled Storytime, and we're going to be walking through some parables from Jesus, parables that that Jesus shared. We're going to look at... uh, Let's see, we're going to look at five parables from the book of Luke, and we're going to look at four parables from the book of Matthew, and we're starting with those parables in the book of Matthew. All right, now, while, while Corey told us a very true story of how he uh, came to be called to ministry, right, this was a true story, a parable is often a short fictional story that Jesus would share to uh, teach a spiritual truth. All right. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. We're going to look at verses 1 through 9 and 18 through 23. Verses 1 through 9 and 18 through 23 of Matthew chapter 13. And as you're turning there, let me just set this passage up for you. All right. What we're going to see as we start out this passage, we're going to see Jesus is going to get in, in a boat and begin teaching the crowds from from the boat, all right? Now, interestingly, as we think about this, this is just kind of a side note. As we look at this, right, Jesus is not teaching the crowds in a temple. We do see Jesus teach at times in the, in the temple, right? But, but Jesus is teaching on the boat. Other times we see Jesus teaching on a mountain or on a hillside. Jesus often teaches in different places, right? All right, so... While this is not a a main point tonight, I do think that this is an important point for us to note. There is no wrong place to share the good news of Jesus. There is no wrong place to share the good news of Jesus. Certainly, right, there are going to be more comfortable places for us to talk about Jesus, to share Jesus, right? When we're in this room together on Wednesday night, you come expecting to hear about Jesus. When you come on Sunday mornings, when we're in our growth groups, right, there's this expectation that we're going to be talking about Jesus. We are very comfortable in this place talking about Jesus, right? But Jesus isn't teaching in just one of those normal, comfortable places, right? He, he is teaching the crowds from a boat, all right? There's no wrong place to share the good news of Jesus. And so if Jesus is our example to follow, then just like Jesus, we should look for any opportunity to share the good news, right? We should look for our boat opportunities, right? There should be no place that we are unwilling to, to share the gospel. There should be no place that, that we would say, no, we, I don't really think I should share the gospel here, right? We should always be willing anywhere and everywhere to share the good news of Jesus. So now, now that we know where Jesus is 
is going to be sharing, let's take a look at our passage to see what Jesus is going to be sharing. So let's read Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9 and verses 18 through 23. It says, On that day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, while the whole crowd stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, Consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil, and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it. Still other seed fell on good ground and produced fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty times what was sown. Let anyone who has ears listen. So listen to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path. And the one sown on rocky ground, this is one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But he has no root and is short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. Now the one sown among the thorns, this is one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But the one who hears and understands the word, who, who does produce fruit and yields some a uh, hundred, some sixty, some thirty times what was sown. All right. So as we look at this passage tonight, let me just give you one overarching truth, one overarching truth tonight. Share faithfully and trust God with the results. Share faithfully and trust God with the results. Jesus tells this parable of the sower. Now, when we get to verse 37, which we're not going to look at tonight, but when you get to verse 37, we find out that Jesus is the sower. Jesus is the sower in the parable, all right? Jesus is the one that sows the seed, all right? Now, this doesn't let us off the hook when it comes to sharing, right? We should not look at this and, and think, okay, Jesus is the one that sows the seed, and so I don't have to do anything, right? No, it's quite the opposite. We have been called to go. We have been called to share. But as we go and as we share obediently, we trust. We trust God to do the work. We trust God that he is the one that's in control. And so we share faithfully and we trust God with the results. Right As we look back at, at Corey's story, all right? Who was the one that ultimately called Corey to ministry, right? Right. It wasn't Zach. Zach certainly spoke into Corey's life. Zach poured into Corey's life. But Zach is not the one that called Corey to ministry. I am not the one that called Corey to ministry. Uh, Matthew is not the one that called Corey to ministry. All of us have had a part in playing, in, in pouring into Corey's life. But ultimately, God is the one that called him to ministry. And it's the exact same way when it comes to salvation, right? You cannot save your friends. 
You cannot save your family members. I cannot save anyone, right? We can share faithfully. We can share obediently, but ultimately it's God that has to sow that seed into their life. Jesus is the one that that has to do the work in their life. We are not the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. We are not the one that died on the cross. Jesus is the one that died on the cross, right? So that being said, understanding that we're going to share faithfully and we're going to trust God with the results, as we look at this parable, we see, uh, we see four different types of soil mentioned here. And the soils are significant because the type of soil that is described uh, tells us how receptive the ground is going to be to what is sown. All right, so first we see the path. First we see the path. What does verse 19 say again? It says, when anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path. All right. So last summer, my family and I, we went on a family vacation to Rockport, Texas, down on the coast. And we went to the beach almost every single day. All right. Have you ever been to the beach? Yep. All right. So at the beach, there are a type of birds there. What type of birds do you see at the beach? Seagulls, right? And seagulls can be brutal, right? Seagulls know what they want, and they're not afraid to get it, all right? So Ethan is sitting there in a chair, and he's opened, the, he's opened up this bag of Doritos, right? And he pulls out this Dorito, and he puts it in his mouth, and a bird swoops down and takes it out of his mouth and bites him on the lip in the process, right? Seagulls ain't scared of nothing, all right? So this is the image that we have here, right, uh, of the seed being sown on the path, and the birds, they just come and swoop in and take it. As soon as it hits the ground, the birds take it from the path. Now, for individuals... What this means, right? What Jesus tells us that me, this means is that if, if we hear God's word apart from understanding, right? If we hear God's word apart from understanding, then it's unable to take root in our hearts and the enemy is able to just swoop in and take it. Swoop in and take it away, all right? So let me give you a simple instruction. Seek understanding. Seek understanding, all right? If on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday night when we're studying God's Word together and you don't understand something, seek understanding. Come and ask a leader, what does this mean? Help me to understand this. Don't walk away in, in, in your lack of understanding, right? Grow in understanding. Seek understanding. There is nothing shameful about saying that you don't know what something means, right? I am a pastor, and I don't know everything that I read in Scripture. I have to look to others at times to help me understand things, and that's okay. So if you don't understand something, seek understanding. But beyond that, you can also ask the Holy Spirit, God, would you please help me to have understanding? Who better to give you understanding than God himself when it comes to his word? All right. So if you don't understand something, seek 
understanding, all right? But there's another application for us. Remember, not everyone will understand. Not everyone will understand, all right? So as you share the gospel with your friends or as you share the gospel with your family members, not everyone is going to understand when you share. And that's okay. Pray that God would give them understanding. And if they ask you something that maybe you don't have the answer to, that's okay. Be honest with them, but also be willing to go and do the research or to talk to one of your pastors to, to maybe help you have some understanding yourself so that you can go and answer that question for them, right? But it's okay. Remember, not everyone is going to understand. And so we share faithfully and we trust God with the results, right? So we see the path. Second, we see the rocks. What does verse 21, uh, 20 through 21 say again? And the one sown on rocky ground, this is one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But he has no root and is short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. All right, so once I knew, knew an individual, came to church faithfully, all right, but had not truly given their life to Christ, right? They were living a life far from God. Even though they came to church faithfully, they were living a life far from God. And so every once in a while when they were at church, they would hear, hear some truth from God's word and they would be convicted of their sin. And all of a sudden you would see this individual begin to try and work harder. You would begin to see this individual become enthusiastic about stuff at church and, and I'm going to start coming to more events and I'm going to get more involved and, and, and I really want to start reading the Bible more, right? But, but without truly ever surrendering their life to Christ, right? It was still, what can I do to change things about myself? And so what we would see is these flashes of enthusiasm in their life and then as quickly as the enthusiasm came, they would return back to their sin. It was only when they, they truly gave their life to Christ that God did a work in their heart and changed things for them. Right? So often we try to change things ourselves. As we hear God's word, we try to just change our own hearts. I'm going to try harder not to sin. Do this in my own strength. And yet we end up just returning to the same things. Because in order for something to truly change in our lives, God has to change our hearts, right? So what does that mean for us? Be careful not to have simple flashes of enthusiasm. Be careful not to have simple flashes of enthusiasm. Now, I'm not telling you not to get excited for Jesus, right? I want you to be excited for Jesus, right? There should be a true and real joy in your life, regardless of circumstances, if you have given your life to Jesus. We, we talked about that back when we were walking through the book of Philippians in undeniable joy, right? We should have joy in our life. But what we don't want is, is, are, are these simple flashes of enthusiasm that are simply based on emotional reactions, right? Maybe you have gone to camp or you have gone to Disciple Now weekend and you have heard something and you became super enthusiastic because of a camp high, 
a spiritual high. And then you return from camp and you return from Disciple Now back to the real world, right? The real world where you face challenges and you face temptations and you see that enthusiasm quickly drift away. It just dwindles away and you end up right back where you started. You see, we don't simply need emotional manipulation. We don't simply need an emotional reaction. We need heart transformation. We don't simply need to react in emotions. We need for God to transform our hearts. We need to be changed from the inside out. If you try to change yourself from the outside in, it will never work, right? You just change what's going on on the outside, your inside is still sinful and corrupt. But if you let God transform you on the inside, it will change what's going on on the outside. God will transform you from the inside out. So we don't simply need emotional manipulation. We need heart transformation. It's easy to get caught up in emotions, right? But we need God to transform our hearts, all right? So we see the path. We see the rocks. Third, we see the thorns. We see the thorns. What does verse 22 say again? It says, now the one sown among the thorns, this is one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. The thorns are the things in this life that prevent us from truly submitting to, from fully submitting to the lordship of Jesus Christ. The thorns are the things that prevent us from fully submitting to the lordship of Jesus Christ. So Jesus points out two big things here, worries and wealth, worries and wealth. And maybe, maybe you are worried at times about what friends will think if they find out that you have given your life to Christ. Maybe you're worried at times about what your family might think if you give your life to Christ because in your house they are not Jesus followers. You're worried about what they might think, and that is preventing you from fully submitting your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Maybe, maybe it's not worries. Maybe it's wealth for you, right? And, and when I say wealth, I don't just mean money. I mean the, the temporary pleasures of this world, right? Many times we look to wealth and the temporary pleasures of this world to bring us satisfaction in this life, and we forfeit, we forfeit the glory of eternity for these temporary things. But what did we learn through the last series in the book of Ecclesiastes? What was that thing that we said over and over and over again every single week. If the pursuit of your life is simply the things of this life, then yes, this is it. But if your pursuit is Jesus and the things of eternity, then no, this is not it. Many, many are deceived by wealth and the temporary pleasures of this world. And they go all in for these temporary pleasures for these things that will not last, and they lose eternity in the process. So let me ask you, as we think about these thorns, as we think about these things that are choking out the life 
when it comes to your relationship with Christ? Let me ask this question. What is choking the life out of your relationship with Christ? What are the thorns in your life? What is preventing you from truly growing in and submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, allowing Him to take control of your life? What are the thorns of your life? Maybe it's not worries. Maybe it's not wealth. Maybe it's something else. Maybe there's something else temporary that you have going on in your life, and only you know what that is. But maybe there's something that is preventing you. And as we think about eternity and the, the glory and the richness of eternity, is it really worth forfeiting eternity for these temporary things instead of simply just submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ tonight? So let me encourage you, don't let the temporary choke out the eternal. Don't let the temporary choke out the eternal. Be willing, be willing to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and to pursue Him and Him alone. And He will give you everything that you might need in this life. He won't necessarily give you everything that you want, but He will give you everything that you need in this life life, right? So we see the path, we see the rocks, we see the thorns. Finally, we see the good ground. What does, what does verse 23 say again? But the one sown on the good ground, this is one who hears and understands the word, who does produce fruit and yield some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty times what was sown. Now, I'm not a gardener or a farmer, and that's a good thing, right? Because you've heard of a green thumb, I've got a black thumb. Right? Anything that I have ever planted and tried to water and grow has died. All right? You're not, I'm, I'm not the guy that you want to hire to come help your garden grow. All right? But Jesus says here, right, when the word is shared with someone who hears it and understands it, it takes root in their life and fruit is produced. All right? Now, as we look back at, at the book of John, right? We understand if you've been coming on Sunday mornings, Dennis just preached about this a few weeks ago, right? We understand as fruit is produced in our lives, it is because we are connected to Jesus Christ. He is the vine, we are the branches. And so this picture that we have here as the seed is sown into our life for the good ground, when we hear it, when we understand it, it takes root in our life. And as we enter into that relationship with Jesus Christ, it is only through Jesus that the fruit of salvation is produced in our life, right? We cannot produce that fruit on our own, but Jesus produces the fruit of salvation in our life. And then it becomes something that multiplies, that grows. Our salvation grows, but then as we share, there is more growth. There is more growth, not just for us, but for others, and so, again, we share faithfully and we trust God with the results. And so, as we think about each of these soils tonight, I want to just give you a quick gospel presentation because I don't know where every single person is at tonight, and I don't know what soil is here tonight. My prayer is that if you have never given your life to Jesus, that tonight you would have fertile soil, that your heart would be good ground. And so I will tell you right now that we have all sinned, every single one of us. 
We have all walked in disobedience to God, and our sin separates us from God eternally, and it requires death. But Jesus, God's only Son, in His great love for us, came into this world and died on the cross for you and for me. He was buried, and three days later, He rose again, conquering both death, sin, and the grave. And if you will give your life to Jesus, if you will confess him as your Lord and turn from your sins, you will be saved. And so the question I have for you tonight, hearing the good news, is what will you do with the good news? Will you receive it tonight? Will it grow and take root in your heart tonight? Will you respond and allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life? I'm sharing faithfully, and I'm trusting God with the results. So I'm going to invite Corey and the band back up here. And if you have never given your life to Christ tonight, but you are ready to make that decision, you are ready to turn from your sins, you are ready to confess Jesus as your Lord. If you're ready to take that step tonight, we're ready to take it with you. We're going to have leaders at the back of the room. I invite you, come and pray with us. Grab one of us. I don't care how many times you've been coming here. I don't care how long you've been here. I don't care if your family's a member here. If you've never given your life to Jesus, tonight is the night. Make that decision. Allow God's word to take root in your heart tonight. Stand with me right now and let's pray together. I hope that you were encouraged by this message today and I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like more information about our student ministry, if you need prayer or if you'd like to make a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life, head on over to fbcwatagaorg slash students, scroll down towards the bottom of that page, and you'll see a place that you can send me a message directly. My desire is that you would experience the difference that Jesus makes in your life this week.